Welcome to the BAM Cam with Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we explore how life and financial well-being are intertwined. We'll look into areas concerning motivation and attitude, financial planning, investing, and much more. Our goal is to empower you with the information and resources you need to help manage your money and strive towards the life you've always wanted. So sit back, relax, and join us on this journey of uncovering your true self and achieving financial independence. Hello and welcome to the BAM Cam Podcast with your hosts, Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi guys, how are you? We're good. How are you? Very good. Very good. We're, we're good. I'm glad to see you. It's, it's good that you're here and you're looking so well. <laughs> <laughs> thank well, you. Thank, thank you, Wendy. Yeah, yeah, we're excited to be here and ready to talk about some more Adulting. Stop. <laughs> yes. We're, we're going to, we're going to continue we're, our we're discussion. We're trying oh, no to wrap more. this, kind of wrap some of this stuff that's a little, been a little overwhelming to, to Allison and her husband, mm-hmm. Adrian. So yeah. speaking of which, while I brought Adrian up, just a little teaser. You want to go ahead and announce this? Adrian will be joining us. When yeah, we're really excited yes. about that. Yes. When? Um, as a teammate, as a teammate uh, in January. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. January. Okay. That January. sounds great, guys. Oh, yes. well, very exciting. Yeah. Something to look forward to. We are yes. we are excited. So not only will we be able to offer help with financial planning, we can throw in free meteorological <laughs> advice at the same time, since he is a meteorologist. Yeah. Um, so he can educate you on hurricanes and snowstorms and all or, kinds of or things. just provide a day-to-day forecast for people <laughs> yeah so, there you go that they'll, sounds they'll like probably it. be more informed about the weather than i will be yes he is the official meteorologist for two of the college baseball teams here in town that is true so, <laughs> okay so he's going to help with the adulting then when he comes on board well, he's going to help with everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that dreaded word adulting again today He'll, yes. he'll be the new kid on the team. So that means I guess we'll dump some of the tasks onto him that <laughs> no, you don't like, no, but no, but today, we are excited about, yeah, it. we are really excited, but today we are going to wrap up our adulting series and we're going to talk about planning for the unexpected even more so. Well, the ultimate, the unexpected, ultimate unexpected is when someone dies unexpectedly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so not a terribly fun topic today. So we're going to talk a little bit about insurance, but we're going to talk about all kinds of life insurance or all kinds of insurance. uh, But then also a little bit about estate planning on that too. Uh, What do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about insurance first. Okay. Yeah. So dad, what insurance do we need? Well, you can get insurance to protect from any kind of unexpected occurrence. So, Typically, people in, in, in as part of a financial management of their household want to look at two prime, three primary areas of, of insurance. Uh, one is health insurance, mm-hmm. which is absolutely vital. You, you can't afford to not be covered from a health insurance perspective. And um, and typically, health insurance. Most people obtain their health insurance through their employer. Yeah. Um, so that's the way most of it. And most people 
do an open enrollment in the fall every mm -hmm. year. So a lot of employers have open enrollment for their health insurance and, and other benefits that you enroll on an annual basis. And that's generally done in the September, October, November timeframe um, in most in industries. Mm -hmm. And so that's coming up here right away. Yes. We have quite often clients reach out to us and ask us questions about their open enrollment and ad get advice. And that's just something we do for our clients sometimes to help them understand. For instance, sometimes they may have an option for a very high deductible health insurance plan with an HSA, which is a health savings account. And that may be a better option. Uh, particularly if you don't have a lot of healthcare expenditures along the way yeah. and the health savings account can then possibly that savings can be used for other things outside of, of healthcare over time that may be a, may be beneficial. Uh, but then there's also things that sometimes come up when people change jobs and they have to provide, make sure you don't have a loss of coverage through yeah. that. So you may be going through, Cobra, uh, mm -hmm. sometimes to maintain your your health insurance uh, for a period of time until you're eligible for another replacement plan. Uh, you also have the opportunity of going through the exchange through the Affordable Care Act. Generally, that's not a first choice uh, on that. And then there's also people out there that may be involved in dealing with government. Uh, type plans such as Medicare, which is for generally elderly uh, people. And when I say elderly, <laughs> I guess I qualify because it's typical when you reach 65 years of age, you're eligible for Medicare. And, yeah. that's, and, and there's some exceptions to that. Some chronic illnesses also uh, qualify for Medicare. But um, and then Medicaid and many people get these. Inter uh, They're not interchangeable. No, no. <laughs> Medicaid is generally for indigent or, or low income uh, government subsidized health care. And then Medicare is generally for uh, elderly people. But we get a lot of questions when people reach uh, Medicare age on how to deal with that transition to Medicare as well. I've had a lot of clients ask me about that. Uh, over the years. So the main thing is you have to make arrangements for health insurance. And then often with retirement planning, if people want to retire early and they lose their health insurance through their employer, you need mm -hmm. to make arrangements to bridge the gap until you reach Because they Medicare. might not be Medicare age. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So someone that retires at 60 has to make arrangements for health care to get to 65, mm -hmm. or if you have a disparity between ages in a household, you may have one spouse that's 65 and the other is 59. You need to make arrangements to cover the, the non-Medicare qualified um, spouse. Yeah. So, so this is areas that we get consulted on quite frequently in the area of healthcare. But you also have uh, other areas of insurance to protect against catastrophic loss. Uh, one is property and casualty insurance. Mm -hmm. And what that means is basically you're protecting stuff such as your home or your, your car. car. It can also be things like RVs, boats, things of that nature. And then part of that is not only protecting 
the stuff, so the 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 damage that may occur if something happens, but also protecting your liability. In other words, if you're at fault in an mm-hmm. auto accident, then you have liability portion of, of that, which is very important. Many people, particularly once you reach a substantial, not even necessarily a substantial net worth, but a, a reasonably decent net worth, you may want umbrella liability coverage, which stacks on top of your homeowner's policy and your auto policy uh, to give you additional liability protection. It's generally very inexpensive and a smart move to have that additional liability on on your policy. So we generally recommend that as as well. So you want to have all your assets protected. Certainly if you have a mortgage on your home or a lien on your car, you're going to be required to have insurance yeah. on there. So your lender is going to require that uh, from that aspect. So then we get back to the ultimate perhaps curveball that life can throw us. What if you have premature deaths? It it certainly would be right. a curveball. A lot know, of people wouldn't even know where to begin. Right. And we know some people that I've, I've known people throughout course of I've lived long enough to to see people that have died unexpectedly early in life through the years. It's not common, but it's something that needs to be protected. At the end of the day, I mean, for instance, your probably most significant asset is not a tangible asset at all. Allison, yeah. you're you're 35 years old. Your most significant asset is the future value of your earnings for the rest of your career. Yeah. You don't have that now, but if you die, it's gone. Yeah. So that is what needs to be protected is that future stream of revenues that you would generate through your, through your career. And I protect that through life insurance. Okay. And so you want to have, and, and actually when you think about it from that perspective, your needs are greater, the younger you are, the death protection yeah. needs are greater the younger you are. Life insurance comes really in two basic, and this is an oversimplification, but two basic types of life insurance, which are term term and and permanent. Yeah. Correct. Term insurance is exactly what it says. It is life insurance that provides pure death protection for a specific period of time. So it so might like be 25 years or 30 years. Correct. Or it could be as little as 10. Okay. So so let's say a 20-year term policy for a million dollars means if you pay that premium and whether you're paying it monthly, quarterly, or annually, mm-hmm. as long as you pay that premium on time, if you die within that period, they will pay you. Okay. So, and life insurance proceeds are tax-free, so we don't have to factor in taxation from that perspective. So it's it's quite simple, and it makes term insurance somewhat of a commodity from yeah. the standpoint, assuming that you're buying insurance from a credible insurance company, mm-hmm. it's really determined on price. So now, the more expensive the po- or the more the larger the policy. Uh, the more significant underwriting will be to to get that yeah. policy put in place. So in other words, if you are buying a 
$100,000 term policy. There's companies out there that will basically underwrite that policy for just a questionnaire, just okay. ans answering some questions. If you're doing a $5 million term policy, they're going to go through a medical exam and things of that nature to make sure there's no chronic illnesses and things of that nature. But term insurance is just, just what it is. It's term for that period of time. Typically, and term insurance is much less expensive than permanent insurance because mm -hmm. permanent insurance has an investment component tied into it. Okay. So you get more death protection for the dollar with term insurance, but you get, but a permanent policy is in, designed to be in place for the rest of your life. Okay. A term policy is designed to really protect against the unexpected Mm -hmm. instance of dying and a permanent policy is designed to pay okay because you're going to keep it in place for the rest of your life young people for the most part because they need more death protection probably need to skew more of their attention to term okay but then there's there may be some instances where a permanent policy can come into play also and permanent policies tend to become more popular for you for older people sometimes because of the investment component. And then you can also add riders like a long-term care rider okay. often to a permanent policy. And that becomes where you really need the advice of someone that can help you make those determinations. But most people your age yeah. and, and a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are going to need primarily term insurance because you're your insurance needs are greater when you're younger. Yeah. And to replace that lost income. Now, some people might say, but I've got life insurance through my employer. Correct. And that's good. Is, is that enough? Generally, no. Okay. Most employers give you an option. Most employers, if they provide insurance, it, the most common that I have seen is one to two times your salary. Mm -hmm. So how long would that last? Not very long. No, no. It, well, I guess it really depends what I mean, your salary is. If, but... if God forbid you were to die at 35, mm -hmm. that, that doesn't get you very far. It is, um, and then most options to buy additional insurance through through your employer may take you up to six times your salary or eight times your salary. That may or may not be enough. Yeah. We can help you calculate what your true insurance needs are. It becomes very important when you have a disparity of income between mm -hmm. spouses. Um, but let's say you have one spouse that makes all the income in the family. Yeah. And the other spouse is mostly a stay-at-home a, a stay parent and, and a, a caretaker of, of children and so forth. They still have value because imagine the loss of that parent Oh, yeah. You're going to have all kinds of costs to replace that care mm -hmm. that you're going to need, either through nannies, au pairs, or daycare, or, or whatever. You're going to have yeah. to have help. So there, it's not that all the insurance needs to be on just one spouse, even when there's only one income coming coming into the um, household. So I think that you you really need to consult with someone that can help you. And I, I mean, I'm going to make a comment on permanent insurance. Permanent insurance is very 
profitable to the selling person. Okay. And there are companies out there that tend to really call on young professionals, convincing them that they need to buy permanent insurance when they're young. Now, there are some advantages to buying permanent insurance because your insurability may change over time. Yeah. You know, you may develop diabetes and, and or other chronic illnesses and not be able to get insurance down the road. But for the most part, you need term insurance and not, not permanent insurance when you're young. There are also some advantages, particularly some advanced estate planning strategies where permanent insurance may come into play if you're dealing with an estate tax issue. But generally, that's for households where net worths are greater than $10 million or so. So we generally probably not. Most young professionals aren't dealing with with that. Yeah. At the end of the day, you want to have the, the insurance that's appropriate for you for now. Mm-hmm. And those needs may change over time. That's where we can advise you and, and help you strategize. And is it easy to change insurance if you need to change your life insurance strategy? Term insurance is very easy to change as long as you have insurability. Okay. Because you just stop making and you just replace it with another more suitable policy. Okay. Permanent insurance, not so much. So it's that's where you really need to talk it through. With Before your, you just decide something. With your financial advisor. It's so. interesting. So I'm I'm on a side of TikTok right now where I'm getting all kinds of videos for permanent life insurance. Right. And it's like, it, it seems so attractive, but you're telling me it would be very hard to get out of. Well, they all have a and, surrender period. So. And, and then it's, it's on TikTok and it's, it seems great and you're reaching this audience that's really really young it just seems interesting to well me. you may you, you'll build up cash value in that policy mm-hmm. so the investment side of the policy and that investment so let's say you've built up after a short period of time you've built up forty thousand dollars of cash value in that policy but it may have a long surrender period so in reality to make a change to that policy because your needs have changed You may have $40,000 of cash value, but only 30% of it is truly available because of the surrender fees that may last as much as 10 or 15 years. I recently reviewed policies that a client had that they had bought from another company Mm -hmm. almost 15 years ago, and they were still in surrender. Oh, wow. That's, it caused some, some issues as far as the potential of, doing a tax-free exchange into a new policy. So it's just where you need good advice to be able to to deal with that. You also have some other areas of of insurance that people do to protect against unexpected things. Everybody knows the AFLAC duck, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, AFLAC, which is kind of um, for uh, hospitalization and and cancer care and, and, and so forth. It's, um, you know, those are, are popular out there, and, and that's a very successful company. Dental insurance, which really has very little risk associated with the um, issuing company. Dental insurance is mostly a prepayment plan yeah. for dental coverage. Um, you have long-term care, uh, which is also some, kind of somewhat similar um, from that standpoint. And long-term care 
uh, policies are, are out there. Even people can buy pet insurance. So you can get insurance on your dogs or cats and, and to help protect against some catastrophic things. We, I've had dogs <laughs> had with knee surgeries and, and, and in the past. So you have all kinds of things there. And we, we get asked about those kind of things, you know, fairly commonly. So, so anyway, insurance is a good thing. In some cases, it's absolutely, you know, necessary. Uh, like, for instance, health insurance is absolutely vital. Yeah. Uh, property and casualty insurance actually is is required by law in, for auto insurance to operate a vehicle. You have to have liability insurance. And, and then, you know, life insurance is certainly optional, but may be really important to protect your family in the unlikely event of, of your death. Yeah. So all very, very important things and things that we can help and guide and advise you on. Well, continuing on the very unlikely, but sometimes it happens event of a premature death, there's also estate planning. Right. Well, you don't even have to be premature for that to come no. into play because, you know, my father passed away in December and I I have just uh, finished dealing with his estate and over the last several months, but he had good estate planning. Uh, even leading up to his death in December, he was he was sick and in poor health and in poor condition from the preceding summer on. And because he had done some things with his estate planning, allowed me to be able to handle his business affairs. So it's it's important. So people think of estate planning as just a will. Yeah. And 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 that is estate planning, uh, just a, a last will and testament that you know people can do. You don't, but generally they're done by an attorney. They mm -hmm. don't have to be, but it's best for them probably to be done by an attorney. But most attorneys are going to do ancillary documents like healthcare directives, living wills, um, powers power of, of attorney, attorney. healthcare power. You know, a power of attorney allows you to act on behalf of someone if they're if they're not in a position or it's not convenient for them to act. In my father's case, I was able to handle all of his banking and business things before he died. Yeah. And also after he died because I was his had been appointed as his power of attorney as part of his general estate planning documents. So you recently along with your husband mm -hmm. Adrian we went met yeah, we met with a process. lawyer and we we did our estate planning documents. Um, it was a really interesting process and we talked a lot about things that we'd never really talked about. Okay. Um, like what give me an example. So we had always talked about well, what would happen to Laura if something were to happen to both of us. Right. So we kind of expected that to come up and it did, and we had a plan in place. But what we did not expect was to know exactly what our wishes were for death whether we wanted to be buried or cremated and what exactly we wanted to ha happen to us after death. And we'd never really talked about that in our whole relationship together. Mm -hmm. We just, we never talked about it. It's kind of morbid. It is. And we'd never talked about having cemetery plots or just what right. would happen. And I think I threw our attorney a little curveball with 
my wishes, but that's okay. <laughs> neither here nor there. But and then Adrian said, "Well, if that's what she wants. I want that too." Okay. Do you want to share that? Because <laughs> I don't know what this is, or do you not want? I to? don't really want to. Okay. Okay. That's but, fine. But it's in it's in our documents, and Adrian will follow suit. Yeah. Well, you know, none of us know what day God's going to call us home. Yeah. And uh, I believe that each of us, there's a day that God already has pre-planned that, that we'll get called home. And so I think that we just don't understand some of those mysteries of life and we have to be prepared for it. But having a state planning documents in place is, is a smart move. Now, let me ask you this. How do you deal with, I know y'all want to have another baby. Mm -hmm. um, and we've been, most of all of you listeners that have been on the podcast till now know that Laura was an in vitro fertilization baby, IVF baby. And the next one is going to be an IVF baby. You're yep. planning to do another embryo transfer in the next couple of three months. Mm -hmm. You have estate planning documents. Are they obsolete as soon as you get pregnant again? So it is written in a way that Laura is named and future children are, are included as well, but we will probably update when we are done building our family. Sure. And, and then we probably don't have to update until there's major life changes. Right. Right. Typically someone needs to probably do the, these documents every 10 to 15 to 20 years uh, because your needs change, your wishes change, your, your families evolve. It may be the people that you ask to serve in certain roles, like people that you're asking to serve as your power of attorney. Mm -hmm. uh, they're change. They're opportunity. They, first of all, they may not live. They may, yeah. they, they, they may, I, they, they may leave this world uh, or that circumstances change. Uh, same thing for the care and needs of your children. Laura is one year old today. You're going to have another baby in about a year or so. You know, those needs will change. The needs of, of infants are different than the care needs of, you know, 16-year-olds. Yeah. So those needs will will change in, in how you deal with that. Um, but you have your personal representative, which is also known as the executor of the estate that manages the business side of, of dying. And then you have caretakers for your children. Yep. You also may have needs for trust involved mm -hmm. in which attorneys can, can do uh, from that standpoint. You want to make and deal with decisions such as a catastrophic accident and you're essentially brain dead, but alive and how to deal with things like organ donation, but how to deal with things like pulling the plug. Yeah. And we, and, we talked about yeah. that in our meeting. So it forces this process forces a couple to have some very serious, but productive conversations that typically are not, not done. Yeah. And so I think it's a, a really good process that, um, I think that you need to do, um, it's just very important to do, particularly if you have children, I can assure you, even though the state of Alabama, if, it, if one of you died, the state of Alabama would pick this, the surviving spouse to take care of your child. Yeah. But if God forbid you and Adrian both were to die, 
you don't want the state of Alabama making their determination no. as to who is going to care for Laura. No. So, no. so we're glad that we have taken matters into our own hands correct. and taken care of that for her Abs- and for our whole family. So who can help you with estate planning documents? Attorneys. Correct. Most any family attorney can handle 98% of all estate planning documents. There are a specialty that's become much more popular in the last 10 or 15 years are elder care attorneys and the needs for, for estate planning needs for older people are sometimes unique. And so there are uh, needs there. My dad actually went through an elder care attorney in Huntsville uh, that did a fine job in his, and, and that's her line of expertise is dealing, dealing with elderly and their uh, particular legal needs. And then if there are complex situations where you have the potential for a state tax and, and where, where you have substantial net worth, we're talking about well north of $10 million of net worth uh, in an estate, then you may want to see an estate tax attorney and, mm-hmm. and that specializes in those types of situations because there are strategies that you may want to incorporate to minimize the taxation of wealth that transfers from generation to generation. Yeah. So that becomes a little bit more complex and, and there are strategies that can be employed there that make sense. It's not that we don't want money to go to the government where it's due, (laughs) but we don't want more to go to the government than is necessary. Yes. I'm no less patriotic than the next guy, (laughs) but we don't want to overpay. Correct. So. That ends our discussion. Dying is not fun, but we're all going to die. We just don't know when. And And it's best to be prepared. It's best to be prepared. And it's kind of the ultimate curveball of adulting Mm -hmm. to be prepared. Yeah. Anyway, that's... um, kind of not a pleasant topic, but it's, it's an important one. And one that we can help you with, frankly, as far as getting you on the right page and pointing you in the right direction and holding your hand through those discussions. So we would like to help you with that. So call us and um, we please check out our new website. That is eater financialwellness.com. And we've talked about Eater on a, on previous um, uh, podcasts, but Eater is I-T-E-R. So the web the webpage is eaterfinancialwellness.com. And Eater is the Latin word for journey or pathway. And we'd like to, to hold your hand on that pathway of your financial journey. Exactly. And how do they contact you, Allison? Um, you can email me at allison at eaterfw.com, or you can call my cell, 205-504-9868. And my cell number is 205-613-4994. And I'm Jack at eaterfw.com. Sounds good, guys. Well, thanks so much. We appreciate all the information. And thank you for listening today. Please like. Follow and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. 
Thank you for listening to the Bandcamp Podcast with Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano from RFG Advisory. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at rfgadvisorywealth.com slash Jack Burnett or give us a call at 205-510-9072. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Information here may be provided in part by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guest nor our FG advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory LLC, RFG Advisory or RFG. A registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.